0: Get your day started with a breakfast full of positive music, fun, inspiration, and so much more. Rise and shine with Felon DJ. Weekday mornings on Vision.
1: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
0: As we do on a Monday... Always so good to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby and Martin Isles who is the managing director of the ACL joining us once again. Martin, special welcome back to 2020. Good morning Neil, good to be back. Uh, Martin, we're going to talk a little about these age verification laws today. Uh, The government agreed last week to implement some mandatory age verification for online pornographic material and also wagering. Uh, What are your thoughts on the developments? Well,
1: we see this as a first step, Neil, towards protecting children from access to adult material, which is becoming a major, major problem. Um, and many parents, in fact, I dare say any conscientious parent is very much aware of this, uh, and it does fill them with concern, and they are always looking to protect their kids online. They're always looking to protect their kids' access to uh, digital devices uh, and supervise all of that. Uh, well, the government uh, actually authored a report recently called Protecting the Age of Innocence in which uh, recommendations were made by the elderly, It was the eSafety Commissioner, uh, and one of those recommendations was that the government ensure that uh, providers of adult content online Uh, require a robust system not just to tick the box but a robust system of age verification to ensure that users are over 18 before they can access the content Uh, and the reason the government would say that is because they are becoming very much aware that exposure to online pornography is a huge problem with children in Australia today so we understand now from the research that's done that the average age of exposure to online pornography is now around 10 years years old, average age of first exposure, uh, and also in terms of surveys where children self-report, uh, we see something like 44% uh, of, um, of children aged between 9 and 16 say that they have encountered pornography online. Uh, so this is a, a massive problem. It's changing um, the attitudes of young people. Uh, it is, uh, we believe, and research seems to indicate leading to increased uh, incidences of abuse, uh, particularly between boys and girls at that age. Uh, And it's a really, really tragic state of affairs. It should be a no-brainer. So it's very exciting to see the government agree to uh, pursue that recommendation the question now is well what system are they going to use there's a bunch of options some are much more effective than others and we hope to be a part of that conversation um the sad thing is they've given themselves 18 months to act but we think they should move straight away because this is such a pressing social issue in the community and i think it's one that parents will welcome
0: As you say, it sounds like a no brainer. Uh, The idea that nothing is perfectly secure, but it does create a layer of protection there for kids. But I'm interested in the idea that, uh, and uh, the idea that somehow or other, Conservative governments in particular. Uh, tend to look at anything like this as a a degree of censorship. But when when you say, Martin, uh, you know, the average age of children accessing pornographic content by accident could be as young as 10 years of age, that really is that no-brainer, isn't it?
1: Well, exactly. I mean, fine, nobody likes uh, too much censorship, but uh, we do have censorship for very good reasons, and we always have. And uh, I fully disagree with the fact that just because you're on the Internet, it should be a, you know, it should be the Wild West uh, and anything should go. We've never believed that. the way we've made movies available we've never believed that about the way we've you know given children access to adult shops and things like that you know in the real world uh, in the physical world of bricks and mortar we've always had standards and limits uh, for very good reason it is to protect the innocence of a new generation and I think that the same standards should apply online and I really do think that because it has become such a catastrophic issue I mean it breaks your heart to think that accidental exposure is the way most most kids uh, get into pornography, and it is highly addictive. Uh, and to think that uh, 44% of 9- 9 to 16-year-olds themselves say they have been exposed to pornography, its it's not good enough. Uh, And so I think it's a no-brainer, and um, that's why we're getting right behind it.
0: Let's move on to other big issues, Uh, the Religious Discrimination Bill. And now we're talking years in the making for the possibilities here. Uh, The government obviously must be doing a lot of work behind the scenes for it to take so long. But this idea of a Religious Discrimination Bill, uh, getting it back on the government's agenda, any developments that you're aware of?
1: Well, the goal is to get it back on the government's agenda, and there's been some good news. So um, we know by now that this is effectively an unfulfilled promise of the Morrison government. They went into the last election saying that they would act on this. Uh, Obviously, COVID happened, uh, and they say, look, uh, we just couldn't do it for that reason, which we'll, we'll give them a leave pass and say, fair enough. But uh, we do want to see it back on the agenda in this election season. We expect an election by the end of the year. So certainly ACL had 500 volunteers out the other weekend uh, engaging uh, Australians in conversations in shopping centres, in parks, in public places about the need for religious freedom protections and handing out literature. That was very, very exciting. So uh, a huge number of volunteers keen to do that. Uh, Also, we have some very high level meetings uh, later this week about getting this back on the agenda with the government. The government have indicated to us and to others that they are interested to do that. So that's really, really good news. Um, And the thing that ACL is particularly interested in is getting some religious freedom protections for ordinary, everyday Australians, particularly in the workplace and in their professional life and in their education. Uh, We get calls all the time, dozens of them, from people who are... Uh, at work uh, and they've uh, expressed their religious belief or they've had to conscientiously object to doing something because of their religion uh, and they are facing uh, disciplinary action right up to and including being fired. That is a very common phone call that we get Uh, and these are just ordinary folk who are trying to live their life in peace and quiet but also be faithful to God and uh, we want to see them better protected so that they can speak about their beliefs uh, and they can act on their beliefs uh, within reason, and uh, they're not going to put their job at jeopardy, or they're not going to put their university enrollment in jeopardy. Uh, that's the sort of protection ACL is particularly concerned to get into this bill uh, when it gets drafted up and goes before the Parliament in the coming months.
0: Uh, Martin, let's talk about what listeners to our conversation today who are intensely interested in what's happening here, what they can do. And you say you you know, you had your standing army uh, out, 500 uh, people talking and engaging conversations in shopping centres uh, just recently. No doubt uh, people could join that standing army. But you've also got... Uh, a petition that uh, listeners to our conversation today could sign, and there's already uh, over 4,000 signatures. In fact, there's uh, in fact there's over 5,500 signatures on that petition so far, and there might be listeners who want to add their name to it. Uh, you've also got a, a TV ad campaign brewing as well. So for, for people who are thinking right now, what can I do, uh, what are the th- sorts of things you would like to get them to engage in?
1: Well, the first step is to sign that petition. Um, So go to the ACL website, acl.org.au, and you'll find a link on the homepage, or you can just put slash RF for religious freedom on the URL and you'll get there as well. I would, uh, yes, sign that. It's a very, very simple thing to do, but it really does make a difference. That's the sort of thing we can take into the Attorney General. Look, and if people want to join the volunteer movement, uh, click on the volunteer button uh, and be a part of that because we are going to be doing an awful lot more leafleting, we're going to be doing a lot more engaging in conversations, we're going to be doing a lot more work uh, on the ground because this issue is not going to get real progress just because we're sitting here asking for it. The way it gets real progress is when you start to change public opinion and when you get the broader public on side. Uh, And one of the things we've got to get good at, and this is what ACL exists for, is convincing the broader public of the need on this issue. And that's really what's going to uh, create the groundswell for change. And so that's why we do what we do in the grassroots and why it's such a crucial part of... Morrison will say, you know, where's my support? Where are the people who want this change? You know, where's the public sentiment? And uh, so we have to be able to change that as well. And hence, uh, Neil, you uh, rightly mentioned that we have a, a TV ad campaign Uh, in the making at the moment as well. Again, that's about reaching out to public opinion and public sentiment to tell some of these really confronting stories about everyday Australians who have faced religious discrimination. There's no other way to put it. (laughs) That's just what's happened to them in a most confronting way. So we'll be telling those stories to the country at large. This really is our focus over the coming months, and so there'll be lots, lots more on this subject. The goal is that we might get these religious freedom reforms passed and the ultimate purpose of that is to help Christians continue to be a witness for Christ in their lives uh, without fear of uh, of these repercussions, but also to keep the doors open for the gospel itself. That's why this is so important uh, as a legislative objective.
0: And when listeners go to the ACL website uh, with the intent of signing that religious freedom petition, uh, the title on the page is an interesting one. It's a free country... So long as you have the right to believe, it really is the starting point uh, for what makes a nation free. Uh, You'll find that petition on the ACL website, acl.org.au. Hey, an important one to raise with you, Martin, Uh, a Victorian church leader, Pastor Paul Furlong, is being held in custody without bail in Melbourne for intending to hold a church service during the COVID lockdown. Uh, What are your thoughts on the developments in Victoria?
1: Well, I think one of the things that perplexes me about Victoria is that um, the New South Wales government have proven to everyone that a lockdown of this severity and this geographical spread is unnecessary. Uh, I mean, Mildura is locked down, uh, which is in the far northwest of the state and hasn't had a case since sort of March last year or something. Um, And the New South Wales government have proven that it isn't necessary. Uh, They have resisted lockdowns with their outbreaks every time and they've brought them under control and they haven't done the damage that a lockdown does. And uh, I think Gladys Berejiklian is quite proud of that and rightly so. So I, I get very perplexed at Victoria with The lockdown rules. I think they're absurd. I really, really do. And therefore, I think that the ban on religious worship and church services is also absurd. But more than that, I don't think anybody should ever get arrested for holding a church service. And I don't think church services should ever be shut down. Uh, we need to remember that in most states of Australia, and indeed until recently all states, we're having massive footy matches uh, with 50,000, 60,000 spectators. But there have still been some minor restrictions on church gatherings. I think that's a sad reflection on, on what we prioritize in society. I think churches should never close. Uh, I think that uh, even in uh, challenging times, churches should be open. And no one should be arrested for holding a church service. So they're arresting him for doing a good thing. So I say all that, that's my view on the subject. Um, There's another side of this, though, which is, well, is civil disobedience the way to go? So I'm very happy to speak out about it, I'm very happy to lobby against it, I'm very happy to do all of those things. Would I do what the pastor did and engage in civil disobedience? The answer for me is no. Uh, I wouldn't have done that, Uh, and the reason I wouldn't have done that is just because of the repeated instruction in Scripture to Christians uh, that we should submit to the governing authorities, Uh, we should honour the authorities as we honour the Lord, Uh, we should ensure that we never come under uh, accusation by the society at large for breaking the law, uh, and so on and so on. Unless, of course, the government is asking us to sin uh, in which case we obey God rather than men. So I don't think it's a sin to suspend church services temporarily, although I think it's absurd. So I'll speak out against it, uh, and I think what's happened to Pastor Paul Furlong is absolutely wrong, uh, but I myself wouldn't engage in civil disobedience. So that's where I land on the on the matter. Um, and um, look, uh, I do think it's worth praying about that situation, praying for Pastor Paul. He's done what he believes is right in good conscience before God. Uh, but also help, uh, you know, pray for those of us who are trying to lobby with the Victorian government to be more reasonable about these things because of the real cost that they have in a community, including to places of worship who provide such a service to so many people that is so important in difficult times.
0: There certainly is a denial of the value that meeting together for church brings to a wide range of issues of uh, just being uh, mentally well. Uh, uh, healthy so uh, there's some challenging things there and when you've got sport and nightclubs and hotels all opening earlier than the church we might say is there some level of discrimination uh, you can check on some details uh, no doubt you'll be able to get some more detail about that on the ACL website just quickly on the Queensland euthanasia bill before uh, we finish up this morning uh, Martin uh, the most liberal euthanasia laws in our nation are being considered in the Queensland Parliament uh, ACL CL is very close to the action here. Any thoughts on latest developments?
1: Yeah, this is really sad. Um, the law that's been put forward is is um, a real tragedy. One of the one of the things that it says, what does, is that it would allow mentally ill people to be killed to be euthanized, uh, which makes me sort of scratch my head and say, well, what's the point of Lifeline uh, if all of a sudden suicide is fine, uh, even if you're mentally ill? if it's in the sanitized environment of a, of a doctor-patient relationship. Uh, I find that uh, astounding. Uh, I find it right for abuse. Uh, we do have worsening mental health concerns uh, in this country, uh, and it is just making vulnerable people um, uh, vulnerable, more vulnerable to suicide itself. So that's the biggest sadness of this bill and the biggest madness (laughs) of this bill. Uh, But there's a bunch of problems with it. Uh, The Premier wants the law to be changed to allow consultations about suicide to happen over the phone. Uh, She has made it so that faith-based hospitals and nursing homes can't refuse to have their patients euthanized, uh, to have them killed. Um, The death certificates won't actually say that the person died by euthanasia, so there'll be really no way to keep the statistics on this to find out how it's going. The death certificate will say they died of whatever the underlying illness or disease was, not assisted suicide. And also we know that in Queensland they haven't adequately funded palliative care, which when adequately funded really resolves all of these issues and it resolves people's desire to die in, you know, 99.9% of cases. Uh, All a real shame, but the worst of the worst is that if the law is strictly applied, one of the effects that it has is that if a person talks somebody out of assisted suicide, they could actually face up to seven years in jail. Uh, That's one of the most crazy things I've seen. I can only hope it's a mistake, uh, and we're trying to draw attention to that among the other problems with this bill. So uh, we are strongly and vigorously opposing that bill, and uh, there will be a campaign on the ACL website by the end of today at acl.org.au for Queenslanders to write into their elected representatives and say, look, you can't kill people because they're depressed. Um, Effectively is where we've come to. A really sad and tragic law, which we hope is blocked as it ought to be. Uh, Christians are people of life, not people of death.
0: And as you say, as we are people of life, a pro-life position, and that particular point you mentioned, anyone who talks to someone Out of assisted suicide, could face up to seven years in jail. It sounds very similar to what's happened with the conversion therapy bills in Victoria, where it criminalizes a Christian. Uh, opportunity for prayer or to support someone who's going through uh, difficult times and uh, it sounds like it could be a clause in there that may well be used to uh, in fact criminalize uh, Christians who might take a pro-life position I mean um, that might be a stretch for now but that is what you mentioned and that is a possibility Martin.
1: Oh, absolutely. No, I don't think it's a stretch at all. It's written there. I mean, the only reason I say it tentatively is because as I say it, I can't believe I'm saying it. I mean, it's it's one of those things that makes you stop and scratch your head and go, this can't be real. Uh, And it's very hard to convince Australians that it's real because they scratch their heads and say, you must be lying. But it is in there. uh, And that's the reality. And it would be a clause that would come back to bite Christians because they would be saying to people, look, don't take your life. There really is hope. Um, Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't do that. I think we should. But it's also all the more reason to point out why this is such a diabolical law.
0: And you are on to the very final event on the Truth of It live tour. You've been getting these rock star welcomes all around the state of Queensland. The final Queensland event for the Truth of It live tour is on tomorrow night in Cairns, 7pm in Cairns and at the C- the Cairns Performing Arts Centre. So you've got big venues, you've had huge turnouts for these all over the place Martin and uh, tomorrow night a big culmination. Uh, are you able to let us in on what you'll be talking about? Out or do you decide five minutes before the program? What, are you, what sort of things do you think you'll be addressing in Cairns?
1: <laughs> well, I do decide about a few hours before the program. A few hours, uh, That's okay. true. But, but I, have, I have a few things in my head. I probably will. I did a very popular segment a while ago with uh, top 15 parenting tips from my own parents, and that was super popular. And people have been coming to me and saying, will you do tips for teenagers, please? Because that was very much focused on children, young children. So I do have a tips for teenagers segment that I'm looking at rolling out. I may also talk about Pride Month because we're in Pride Month, uh, maybe a little about religious freedom as well we'll see how we go so uh, those are the sorts of topics rolling around it'll be a bit of a potluck we'll see how we go but cairns tomorrow night 7 p.m cairns performing arts center you really do have to register for it though because it's allocated seating so go through the acl website you'll see a truth of it live link there right on the home page so those have been brilliant events uh huge amount of fun the atmosphere is great Uh, and I really would encourage people to come if they can. We're off to Western Australia next, and that will open for booking in the next week or so.
0: Well, we've got a lot of people listening in North Queensland and if you're within easy distance from Cairns, it's on tomorrow night, 7pm, at the Cairns Performing Arts Centre. You'll be able to meet Martin Isles and the final event of the Truth of It live tour. As you say, Martin, heading off to WA a little later and then, of course, Tasmania, Victoria, New South Wales are also on the agenda for the Truth of It live tour. Uh, acl.org.au is the website and a lot of things we've drawn attention to today you'll find those petitions and all sorts of action that you'll be able to take uh, background information updates on things that are going on around the nation acl.org.au Martin Niles is Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby Martin, always enjoy our updates thanks so much for talking to us today on 2020
1: Thank you Neil, always a pleasure